Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The Sif Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that feels like now would be a good time for us to get ranking, but that's our secret. We're always ranking. It's Sif Pop. I got a smile out of you on that one. That was a really good one. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. I'm Aaron Tyser from YourMovieFriend.com. He's Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! Each week we'll chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our mind. Special episode of Sif Pop today, per your request, Mr. Andrew, and the request of those who listen. I'm going to apologize to 10-minute future Andrew for this decision <laughs> because now that I'm thinking about it, this is not going to be easy. We are doing a full MCU Sift sort. Now, if you don't know the rules of the Sift sort uh, here on Sif Pop, we have to agree officially on a Sift Pop ranking of these movies. If you listen to the episode where we each ranked our movies, actually, I think it was in a pre-show that we did It was did a pre-show, yeah. Yeah, it was a pre-show where we did that. Um, you know that we have movies that we differ very greatly on in the MCU, so this could be very, very interesting, and thus why we're giving it most of the show. We'll still do a buried treasure at the end, uh, but that's really it. Other than, let's do some uh, some new stuff. Every single week I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss. We must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one, if you've been living under a rock and you don't realize it, Roseanne has been canceled after some racist tweets. Wow. Yeah. A- ABC, man, that was the show. They were doing so well with that show. It's crazy, man, to take that quick of a guillotine to the number one show on TV. Yeah. Um. Wow. It all happened within an hour. Yeah. Like, tweet came out. She was fired, dropped by her agency, show was canceled. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. I've talked a little bit about this uh, on the radio show, too, but it's just, it's one of those things where I feel like I'm kind of digging the, what could be called overreaction, but the swift, um, you know, dominant reaction to these kind of things and just basically saying, nah, it's just not worth it. You know, nah, it's not okay. You know, we're done. Um, I, yeah, I think it's, I, I totally support the call. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. But I also feel terrible for literally every other person on the show. I I think, I think something, I don't know. I just have a feeling we're going to hear something in the next couple weeks about that property, um, where Roseanne won't be involved, but the people who are making the show are still going to be able to make a show. Uh, I can't. I just, just can't believe. Show, just make a show about Dan. Yeah, I just can't believe that that with that kind of audience and support, that they won't figure something out just for money reasons, just to make some money off of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. But and that's kind of what's most impressive about the decision is it is not a monetary decision. 
No, they... It is a moral decision. Exactly. And that's not something you often see big businesses do, is make well, moral decisions. Disney's not hurting for money, so... <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Oh, that's true, because it's ABC. It's ABC. Yeah. I didn't even so, think about that. Yeah, so... Everything's coming up Disney. Yeah, exactly. Uh, although, I, from what I gather, and I could be wrong about this, maybe you know, Disney technically doesn't own Roseanne. They just aired, or ABC just aired Roseanne. Yeah, sometimes it depends on the production company. In fact, that's kind of what happened with um, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay? So Brooklyn Nine-Nine was airing on, was it on Fox? No, it's It's going, going to, to be Fox. on Fox. That's it. Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a Fox production. So Fox is producing Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and then it's airing on a different network. And that was part of why they canceled it, because it wasn't making necessarily money for them. Yeah. And so now it's going to Fox where all the money is made by Fox. Do you understand how yeah. like sometimes business just kind of works that way? It's weird. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What else? Number two. Yep. Jamie Foxx will be donning Letha of the Seventh House of K in the upcoming remake of Todd McFarlane's Spawn. The film will be produced by Blumhouse and will not be an origin story for the dark anti-hero. Interesting fact, the film's budget for a superhero movie will be $10 million. Okay, that's fun. Yeah. Well, um, I'm not a Spawn fan. I am. So, so this, one, this one's kind of on you because I really, like, If like, if, do we care? No, I really don't okay. for, about Spawn stuff. But I do want to hear, you know, kind of how you feel on this since you are a fan of the property. Uh, I have things I'm excited for and then things I'm really not excited for. Like, I'm very worried about this film. Blumhouse doing it is like the biggest like ease to my mind, you know, because they know how to do horror and mm-hmm. Spawn is definitely a very dark, ominous. It's literally about a hell spawn. So, I think that they could, you know, do it and I think it'd be interesting to see Blumhouse's take on a superhero franchise. Sure. Sure. Because, you know, looking at DCU and the MCU and all the other offshoots of, you know, lesser known superheroes that you have out there, they are all super high budget, um, you know, bombastic, you know, CGI fests. Yeah. I think with a $10 million, we're going to get some pretty interesting practical effects, you know, keep it kind of, you know, realistic and close to the ground and stuff like that. What I'm really concerned about is Todd McFarlane, is writing and directing this and I don't think he's a good writer and I don't think he's a good director. I think he is a visualist, which, you know, we've seen, you know, really bite people like Michael Bay and Zack Snyder, people who are really good at visualizing and making things look beautiful. But when it comes to actually telling a story, they kind of, you know, they lack right there. And from what I gather, the movie's not going to be around Spawn. Spawn is going to be, uh, a background character in his own movie. It's going to be based off of a character in the comics named Twitch, who is a detective. And so it's going to be him, and then Spawn's going to be, you know, the uh, the shadowy figure you see every now and then. Interesting. Yeah. So that's what I'm concerned about. But uh, Jamie Foxx, I trust, and Blumhouse has yet to really steer wrong, I think, when it comes to horror, because I think they totally get it oh they put out enough content that i mean blumhouse has some clunkers for sure 
But when, they put out so much content. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, they have a, they have shown a lot of uh, proclivity for understanding how to do something. Well, I, mean, I think uh, Upgrade, which we talked about in the pre-show, is a Blumhouse movie. Is it? I think so. Okay. Uh, they they found a uh, a proclivity for creating interesting movies in the genre, uh, but they they also have some clunkers there too. I'm sure. I just really hope that it's good because as you the what was it 1997 98 Spawn movie was so bad. Yeah, you didn't like that? Oh, God, it was so <laughs> horrible. It was so bad. And like I said, Spawn's my favorite comic book character ever. Right. So I just really want it to be good. No, I totally get it. Number three, and this is ugh, the worst news ever. James Marsden will star in the live-action animation hybrid of Sonic the Hedgehog. Why is this the worst news news ever? Please explain this to me. Why is everybody like, oh, this is awful? I'll tell you why I think this is awful, and it may not be the same reason why everybody else thinks this is awful. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, all you can do is speak for yourself. I hate live-action animation hybrids, kind of like, uh, what was the uh, the Hedgehog movie, or not the Hedgehog, but the, uh, the guinea pig movie, and then there was... Well, the most recent would be like Peter Rabbit. Yeah, Peter Rabbit. I, I can't stand that style of film. I hate that style of film. What about Paddington? Paddington's like an exception to the rule, I guess okay. I could say. Yeah, yeah. Um, because he's the only one. Everything else in that movie, <laughs> you know, is, you know, a real person. But uh, Right, right, right. I guess another, you know, exception to the rule would be like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know, something sure. like that. Sure, yeah, yeah. But I don't see this being on that level. And whenever I see a car- or an actor, I think this is why I'm so upset. Okay. Because you've said, and I totally agree with you, on many cases, James Marsden is a totally underrated actor. One of the most own- underrated actors working today. He's yes. incredible. To see him... Doing great work on West Westworld this year, by the exactly, way. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So whenever you see him, like you're like, oh, he's finally getting out of the, uh, the Cyclops. Uh, sure. You know, and he's becoming his own actor. And then for him to do a movie like this that could potentially ruin his credibility that's really what frustrates me okay a how many good uh video game movies have there been besides laura croft i was gonna say yeah laura croft and if you're like me mortal kombat but mortal kombat is not a good movie it's a fun movie yeah so yeah this could i just uh (laughs) words here's my thing yeah same thing i say all the time don't what, judge a movie. Don't judge until you've seen it. Like, yeah. who knows? They may have this incredibly beautiful, heartfelt story that they're ready to tell with this character. It may be clever and fun and interesting. I don't know. So, you know, kind of hold off on... I always hold off on my opinions until yeah. I've seen something. But I, I get it. You know, I get that people are... And especially if you think, you know, Marsden is great and, and that kind of thing. Uh, so, we got in the chat people saying that it's going from Fox to NBC. Yes, I think that is correct. I okay. think it's a universal-owned property. And so going to NBC keeps all the money in the same place. Thanks for the the, the chat always doing the fact checking. Yeah. It's always good. We appreciate it. We don't we're not gonna <laughs> fact check on this show. Are you kidding me? All right, you ready to get in some MCU? Uh, yeah. MC me, MCU, MC us. <laughs> Uh, we are going to do a sift sort. This is where we rank uh, a certain category in order from worst to first. And we, we must have, agree. We must agree on the official order. 
Um, agree is probably too strong a word. We must compromise <laughs> on the official order. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a, it's a good exercise in finding common ground and understanding, you know, being able to take other people's opinions, give and take that kind of stuff. So I've got my list up in front of me. How we usually do this is we go from worst to first and we just kind of talk about what we've got in the last spot. And then we just kind of start building our list from there. Uh, I have decided to make our SIF sorts available on my letterbox account. So I'll be creating a, uh, MCU SIF sort list. Uh, that you can check out there. That uh, that's just Aaron Dicer. If you just search for Aaron Dicer or your movie friend at Letterbox and uh, Flick Freaks on there, you should be able to find me. Um, and I may even put it at a specific link. I may even do like sifpop.com slash uh, MCU or sifpop.com slash Star Wars or or whatever that kind of thing. So we'll see how that goes. But here we go, one to nineteen or nineteen to one, I should say. Yeah, compromise is going to be happening. I don't think for the first cup. Well, <laughs> the bottom and the top of the list uh, should be I just, should I, be decent. But. I just saw what I had at number seventeen, and we're gonna get off to a <laughs> rough start. Well, that's not where we start. We start at number nineteen. Let's start with some agreement, shall we? Yeah. Uh, go ahead, number nineteen. What do you have for the Dark World? Okay, I have it at eighteen, so that's close enough. What do you have at nineteen? Iron Man three. And I have that at 18, so we just kind of need to decide. I could honestly go with Thor The Dark World being worse. I just think there's there's just, of all the MCU movies, uh, which I should say, by the way, I actually kind of like all of them, even Thor The Dark World, even at the bottom of my list, there are things I really enjoy about it. However, it seems the le- it seems the least confident of the MCU movies. Like, it's this movie that doesn't seem like it totally understands what it is, what its tone is. Um, you know, the way it, it <clears throat> treats the characters in the movie is is very off to me and interesting sometimes. So I think of all the MCU movies, it has the least understanding of what it is. And that, that makes it a little hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. So we're okay with that at number 19? Thor and then Iron Man 3. Okay. See, I, I just can't stand Iron Man 3 because the premise is... For even for an MCU movie is so ridiculous. Uh, the the one saving grace for the movie is the twist, the Merovingian twist. Okay, because you know I definitely did not see that. Excuse me, I did not see that coming at all. Sure, and uh, it's something unique that I've never seen ever done again in an in MCU movie. Maybe because. The movie was so bad that they're like, yeah, we shouldn't try that again. <laughs> but that was the only saving grace for that entire movie for me. I hated everything else about it. I don't know. It has, again, and I'm going to say this even with the ones at the bottom of our list, it has moments for me. There's, really? There are some conversational dialogue moments uh, that that are really sharp, and I like that in Iron Man 3. I think some of the action in Iron Man 3 is ridiculous. Like, it makes no since the just lava the, people clothes not burning off like they just uh well and even just even just like all of a sudden i mean thousands of iron man suits or whatever that you know is oh, happening yeah. in them like i'm just like this like i'm not i don't think this actually makes sense so so yeah. that's kind of why it ranks down down towards the bottom for me yeah well there we go this was easy uh iron man three at number one and thor the dark world at number two we're done right yeah <laughs> please because you're gonna Ugh, you're gonna kill me. Is this is this is this first Avenger? Yeah. Is that is that what you have at seventeen? Yeah, uh-huh. we'll have to hash this out. It's gonna land in the middle somewhere, I'm sure. 
Um, so I have Captain America: The First Avenger at seventeen. Where do you have it? Can we? Are we going to jump ahead? Like do that? Or you have it high? We can just say I, you have it high. I have it very high. So what do you have at seventeen? At seventeen, I have the Incredible Hulk. I have it at fifteen. I think that could be a good compromise for having it well, right there. Yeah. What else do we have around there? If you have, what do you have uh, below it? Ant Man. Oh yeah, I have Ant Man pretty high too. Although not not as high as you would think. I've actually moved Ant Man around on my list. I did some recalculating on my list recently. Me too. I only switched like one or two movies around, but it, and they weren't extreme. There was like right. one or two down from where they were. Yeah. Yeah, let's hold off on Ant-Man and First Avenger, because I, I do need those to be a little bit higher than, than down that low. Sure, I sure, love sure. those movies. Um, Incredible Hulk, we both have fairly low, so it's probably a good thing to go with next. And it's interesting because even though, you know, it's uh, uh, Edward Norton doing it, you know, it doesn't it doesn't feel like an MCU movie. Right, it really but doesn't. It, but it technically is. Well, not just technically, it really is. I mean, you know, there's... Isn't there even like an end credit scene? And oh yeah, there's an end credit scene yeah. with Tony Stark and everything. Yeah, exactly. But is that the reason why it's so low? Because other than that, I think it's a pretty okay movie. Um, I with this movie with the Incredible Hulk, this is one. That, I mean, it's honestly the one I'm least familiar with. I haven't revisited. I think I revisited it once a few years ago. Yeah. Um. So I should, probably should revisit it again. But the impact I remember it having on me was a disconnect between the intensity of Edward Norton's performance and how he saw the character and the pulpy nature of the MCU overall. So it doesn't quite fit tonally with how the MCU developed. Um, and so, I, you know, I'll just say I, I definitely enjoy the current Hulk over the Hulk in this movie. The switch from Norton to Ruffalo was like... A saving grace. I think so for too. I think Ruffalo is so great as the Hulk. Oh yeah. And I just don't know that Edward Norton is a match for this character. And I think that the movie feels that. And so because that's the central character. Plus Hulk movies are hard to do. He is the I feel like the Hulk is the hardest character in the MCU to really get a hold of, to understand. Um because I mean he's just he's just big and strong. But how big and strong? Oh he's that big and strong? You know what I mean? Like it's just it's hard to Totally get it. And that's uh, whenever you look at the MCU, the biggest complaint about um, the uh, the action scenes is the lack of, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, every single MCU movie just has a, let's just punch the, the villain as hard as we can, you know? Mm-hmm. And people are complaining about that. That's all the Hulk has. So whenever you... Like, why can't they make a, you know, an interesting villain fight or something like that? Right. You can't for the Hulk because it's just going to be how hard he can hit the other guy. Right. The Hulk's not going to outsmart and do something clever. He smash. Yeah, Hulk smash. Hulk smash. I think the new movies get that, too, you know, and I think they kind of understand that. And I'll be honest, sometimes I even, like, my mind interchanges in Lee's Hulk too sometimes like it's just no that's a bad movie no 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 i know and so i I wonder if sometimes i make this movie worse in my mind than it is because i'm like interchanging like kind of those ideas but i I, you know i think i'm aware enough of it to to kind of have a good grasp on this and i I think it it kind of falls down at the bottom of the list yeah angley's is so bad yeah it's really really bad um chat feel free to to chime in you can kind of help us uh go with this uh chat saying uh lynn saying in the chat the first avenger definitely needs to be higher uh in sid saying ant-man is definitely towards the bottom so that kind of helps us kind of 
gauge your feelings as well. Yep. Um, if you chime in in the chat, and then uh, we also have somebody else saying Dark World is the worst one. So. Yeah, I think that's fairly common agreement. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, at sixteen, I have uh, Iron Man two. Uh, where do I have Iron Man two? I have it a little bit higher. Okay. A little bit higher. Um. So, because this is where I had Ant Man. Uh huh. So I I will n- I do not want to go below twelve with either first Avenger or Ant Man. I, I will start. I will I will be willing to kind of. I'm fine with that. I, I'm to start discussing it then, but I, I feel think, like we need to do some others first. Yeah, yeah. Um, how here's a uh, this isn't where I have it, but it's uh, something I think could fit here. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I like that more than most. Okay. <laughs> um. So I'm willing to start talking about that here soon, but maybe not quite yet. Uh, I think that is definitely a better movie than Iron Man 2. I think it's definitely a better movie than... I, I disagree on that from, but okay. What makes it ba- what makes I, what makes it that low on the list for you? Like, what didn't you like about Guardians of the Galaxy 2? Uh, it's... It was... It had a lot to do with um, overdone cheesiness. Like the the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie was fresh and unique, and then I think uh, Guardians Two relied so much on not callbacks to jokes because I don't think there are really that many. You know, I was gonna say, is it like a Deadpool Two situation that I had where I'm like, feels like I'm hearing the same jokes over and over again? No, I didn't feel like there was the same okay. jokes over and over again. It's just that I think that. Things like playing catch with dad or yeah. continue. You didn't think that was great? I thought that was great. I hated that so much. Or like the Yondu uh, Hasselhoff. Or was it Hasselhoff or, or was Mary Poppins? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, okay. No, but like during the Yondu like uh, There's so funeral, much good stuff in that movie. Uh, it's Okay, it's stuff like that that it's a cheesy factor that works for a lot of people. Uh-huh. For me, it, does work for it me. doesn't it does work for you? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. For me, it doesn't work for me. Plus, I think thematically that movie is really strong with the things about fathers and sons and understanding who you are and where you come from and the, the Yondu Quill. Um, uh, what was What's the, the God character's name? Um, oh, Ego? Was, yeah, Ego, Quill, uh, Yondu, Dad Triangle. You yeah. Know, is, I, I, I thought that was really interesting. And it worked for me. And I know it doesn't didn't work for a lot of people, but the Yondu stuff really worked for me. Um, the action in that movie, I love the arrow scene uh, when they're escaping the ship, I think is incredible. I love the the forest scene where uh, Rocket is uh, keeping the, the... Just, they're flying around yeah, everywhere, yeah, yeah. the yeah. bounty hunters. Yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, so there's just, there's just a lot of fun stuff in that for me. So that's why I have it a little bit higher. And Baby Groot is adorable. Yeah, so let's keep keep that just at least a little bit okay. higher. Uh, <sighs> Iron Man 2? Gosh. Tell me, tell me what's good about Iron Man two that you would want it higher. I really think that um, what's his name, uh, my, Mickey Rourke, was a fairly good villain. Okay, I think that people overlook him when it comes to villains in the MCU. I'm not saying he's up there in the upper echelon of villains or anything, but I think he was a fairly good villain. And there's the uh, the well, scene of the movie that does it for me that I yeah. absolutely love. Is the War Machine Iron Man uh, fight with the droids in the park? Yeah, where they're just unleashing everything they have, and it's just so fun. 
I don't think. Well, so. except he's not unleashing everything he has until the end, where he says "duck" and un, and it unleashes his laser thing or whatever, that just cuts them all in half or yeah, whatever. And, it, and it's like, like, why? You just, why don't you start with that? Like, what's, yeah. Why, why are you playing around, man? Yeah, but it, you know, it's it's eye candy. Yeah, and I really appreciate the, <clears throat> that eye candy. Um, it was so you like fr- the final action scene? I really did like the final yeah. action scene. I think Mickey Rourke was a pretty good villain. I like his um his uh, whip laser things. What's it about though? Like what what's it mean? Like what what's like what are we supposed to learn from his his motivation? Excuse me, the, his motivations, you know, him as a villain or, you know, what are we supposed to learn about Tony? I think that the movie for me pretty much was saying just because Tony Stark has had a change of heart and he's moved on from this, you know, war machine, not no pun intended, but you know, mm-hmm. you know the the Stark name, the of, war you know, complex, the war complex doesn't mean that the rest of the world has and that there are consequences to even past events. You see that kind of also in Age of Ultron, although I don't think nearly done nearly as well, you know, with you Which know, would you say is better, Age of Ultron or Iron Man 2? Definitely Age of Ultron. Is better? Okay. I have Age of Ultron uh kind of high oh, as wow. a, as opposed to most. <laughs> when I say when I say high, I mean in the middle. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. sure. But I know a lot of people don't like it. I I it's I really like it a lot. Um, I'm trying to think what else I'm willing to put here. Uh, Thor, the original Thor, I, I might have, be willing to go this low. I have Thor, even though I like Thor. Thor I do is too. funny. I do too. Thor is very funny. Because uh, Well, that's the thing. Again, once we're out of these three that we've mentioned, I actually really like all these movies. I really like yeah. Iron Man 2. I don't love it, but I, I really do like it. Okay, I have Thor at 13. Where do you have it? I have it at 15. I'm. That's what I'm saying. I'm willing. We're at 16 now. I'm willing to go with Iron Man 2. I'm willing to go with Thor. Uh, I'm willing to go with Age of Ultron, but you have that higher. Um, okay, I think we can do Iron Man 2. At 16? Yeah. Okay. All right. Number 16 is Iron Man 2. Adding it to the list. All right. Good job, Andrew. Yeah. Good, we're doing good. Yep. We're up to four. So I, I- guess here is where we could possibly stick Thor? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think that makes sense. Uh, if we're both okay with it kind of being on the lower echelon here. Yeah, well, I had it at uh, 13, so... So to stick it at 15 isn't too too much different. It's not too terrible. Uh, it's a funny movie. I don't think people give Thor as much credit for being as funny as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I could see how some people initially were turned off by it because it was the first kind of slapsticky Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, which, you know, you look at... Some of the movies now, like Guardians of the Galaxy or even Ragnarok, mm-hmm. being you know funny Marvel movies, right? And uh, well, and they all have they've. They, I really feel like Marvel has done such a great job of finding their overall tone while still uh, letting these movies have a little bit of their own identity. Um, of course, they do get uh, I think taken to task fair fairly for some sameness, you know, for not doing something different, but. I really feel like it's it's that sameness that allows them to do Avengers movies because yeah. all of a sudden nobody feels out of place. You know, everybody feels like they can be in the same movie and it's not weird. You know, um, so so yeah, so I, I really do think there's a lot of great humor in these movies. So we've got Thor at 15. Uh, I've got Age of Ultron at 14, which I think you want to put a little bit higher than that. A little bit higher, okay? If it's all right. Um, uh, where do you have Where do you have Ant Man? I have Ant Man at 10. Okay. 
but I'm willing. I know I'm. I know I'm the strange one on that, and I am willing to compromise on Ant Man. I don't really want it below twelve. Maybe I'd go thirteen with Ant Man. Okay, well, well, let's talk about what we have around here because there's movies I think that definitely have to be higher than Ant Man. Okay, um, that I have uh, roughly around this area. Uh, Guardians two. Okay, was definitely one I think is way better than Ant Man. Uh, I also have Spider-Man Homecoming and Doctor Strange roughly around this area. Okay. I think that they should be above Ant-Man. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's interesting because those those are like three of, of my next ones. So, um, I can't see putting... What about Civil War? You really like Civil War, don't you? Yeah. Man, I, th- I think... I, I, the thing about Civil War for me is it is the... It is the movie that I have the f- like the most fun with the goosebump scenes, like the airport fight and those kind of things. Yeah. And at the same time, the overall plot of that movie is nonsense. The overall plot of Civil War is complete nonsense. I don't agree with that. Well, I, but see, but I felt that way from first watch, and that doesn't usually happen with me because I'm usually overwhelmed by the goosebump stuff. Yeah. But from the first watch, I was like, that villain's plan not only doesn't make sense, but would never happen that way. That part I agree with. Yeah. That part I totally get. The villain's, you know, execution is beyond ridiculous. For me, that is the biggest negative of the movie, but I don't think that that's the message that the movie's trying to represent. I think the movie's more about how two sides can both be right. Because both Tony and both... Okay, no, that's fair enough. No, that theme is definitely there, and I do like that theme. I... I go way more with that theme of the movie than the villain's revenge theme. Okay, well, there's a difference between theme and plot is what I'm saying. I'm saying the plot is nonsense. Not the themes, but the plot. I Okay, then I would even say that, you know, with them both being right about their morality, about certain things mm-hmm. that the Avengers do, I would put that as a higher plot point than the villains. But it's not a it's not a plot point, it's just a character. Like, it's... But, I don't how, think but it why is. are they against each other? Why? Yeah. How is that happening? Because, well, you know, it's just the... How, That's the plot. Like, from how does how do we get from point A to point B to point C? Like, how does it, you know, progress? It's okay. It doesn't all happen in this movie, though. The right. plot no, for that's this movie true. doesn't no, all that's happen fair. in this movie. It and is a continuation of everything that's happened that's fair. from the first Avengers movie all the way until Civil War. How both people can be on the same team and very slowly they start to split apart until it's a straw that breaks the camel's back yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's an it's a war of ideologies yeah and i think that that's, that's something that's something we don't see too much of in uh non-avengers movies this is an avengers movie it's also something that's not resolved in this movie either which so does, i love well i understand but i'm just saying it's so it's not the it's not necessarily what is intended to be the story arc of this movie. That is like a, that's more of a, uh, like a MCU arc, <laughs> you know, that we're just now kind of seeing the resolution to with the Infinity War movies. Um, suffice to say, Civil War not landing at um, number, what are we on, 15 now? 14. 14. So Civil War is not going to be there. I got it. It's it's a topper, man. Okay, me. okay. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll, so in other words, let's hold off on that. Yeah. The discussion for where that's going to land. Age of Ultron, Ant Man, Guardians of the Galaxy two. If it was me putting yeah. that, 
in that because I think that those are the movies that we're talking about right yes. now. Yes. I would say for fourteen, Ant Man. Okay. Then I would be willing to agree or uh, you know, come down for Age of Ultron at thirteen. Okay. And then Guardians at twelve. I think that's where we're going to have to land. Okay, I, that's so. that makes Guardians very low for me. But I like I I understand that I may be in the minority on that, and I also uh, I also know we've got a lot of work here to do. So, all right, so we're saying fourteen Ant Man. Ant Man is fourteen. Then Avengers it's lower Age than of I wanted, but I'll I'll be okay. Well, I, yeah, because I have Age of Ultron at eight. So, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. All right. Galaxy Volume Two. All right, we're both typing these up right now. And then, uh, and then we had Age, of, but we had Age of Ultron at thirteen. At thirteen. And then or we had fourteen. Fourteen is Ant Man. Oh, then Age of Ultron, then Guardians. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I think that's doable. Um, I can live with that, which is going to be a common phrase today. Yeah, I can live with that. Yeah. Uh, I think that's good to have uh, Ultron. You know, we haven't talked a lot about Age of Ultron. Let's talk about that and kind of, you know, kind of why we put it in this range. There's, I think there's stuff to like about Ultron, and I know you like it even more than I do. So why don't you talk a little bit about it? I think that Spader is incredibly underrated as Ultron. I know he's not really the, um, what, how would you say? He's not the, uh, the comic book, you know, adaptation people were wanting, but I think he was. His performance is really good. That that whole uh, "there are no strings on me" scene when we are first introduced to him, yeah, is so haunting for me. I absolutely love it. And um, there's there's plenty of amazing scenes in Age of Ultron that people find willing to overlook. The first Hulkbuster fight we ever see is in Age of Ultron, and right. it's one of the coolest scenes in the MCU. Um, some other great scenes are. The uh the where uh what's the name? Sokovia I mm-hmm. think is the name of the town yeah is going up in the air granted that's pretty dumb I'll I'll go ahead and admit <laughs> that's dumb but where they're all in the uh, the cathedral and they're trying to fend off the the Ultrons from pushing the button that's just a really cool fun you know a uh, three sixty spinning camera scene in slow motion of them mm-hmm. um that um defend the button yeah defend the button. You know, it's it's a cliche that you see in a, a lot of movies. You know, mm-hmm. you get, but um, is Ultron the one that has the the hero shot where it's to their side in the forest and they go slow mo as they're yeah, going through? That's, that's the, one of that's, my favorite shots. Yeah, that's the uh, the beginning of that movie, and that's the same time when uh, uh, Cap is like language, language. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it, I like I said there. I, there's a lot you know to really like about that movie. Yeah. I've seen I've seen Age of Ultron a lot. <laughs> I have. Uh, so now moving on to eleven. What do you have around this area? Um, I would go with either. I would go with either Spider-Man: Homecoming or Doctor Strange. That's what I have around this area. So, which do you think is better? I think I'm a Strange fan. I I I really enjoyed. I do have Doctor Strange above Spider-Man: well, I, Homecoming. I'll just say this: my top twelve out of nineteen are or movies love. I love. Yeah, yeah we they're love movies I love. So yeah. So this is just this is you know by degree, but I, I do like Doctor Strange just a little bit more than Homecoming. Um, but I, think I do we should, love them. You both. know, give them both. You know, a talking about. So I think that 
going with Spider-Man Homecoming first since it's the lowest on the list. Um, he is definitely the best uh, Peter Parker we've ever had. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Tom Holland is brilliant in that role. And the fact that this is Homecoming, you know, has like so many, you know, play-ons, you know, from coming from Sony to the MCU, yeah. the actual high school element. And then it just feels like a coming-of-age tale. In and it's, you know, a young man finding out who he is, not only as a superhero, but as a man. Yeah, no, it totally it, it totally gets Peter Parker on a level that the other movies just didn't quite have. And it's this idea of adolescence uh, and the idea of superhero adolescence and what that would be like. Um, the only other time I've really seen that done very well, laugh at me if you must, but is Sky High. Uh, which I love. I think Sky High is a very you underrated film. You know what? Film. Every single person I've talked to is like, you know what? I think Sky High doesn't get the credit it deserves. I agree. I agree. If Sky High comes out today in our superhero environment, I think it's a whole different story. But um, but yeah. Uh, but anyways, that whole idea of adolescent being a superhero, what that looks like, what that means, um, I think is is much better handled in in Homecoming. So, and no. uh, Michael Keaton or uh, Keaton? Yeah, Keaton. Yeah. Yeah. Great He's as a vulture. That scene with him in the car is oh, it's so, so tense, so good. Yeah, it's so tense. Yeah, love it. Great reveal, and the fact that you know, this is gonna sound like I'm knocking it, but I'm trying not to. I love the fact that Tony Stark isn't overdone in this movie. I think he's good in the amount that he's you know in babysitter there. Tony. Yeah, babysitter <laughs> Tony, and the fact that you know he's not the. Uh, He's not trying to steal the spotlight from what should be the Spider-Man movie. Right. Yeah. So. No, I agree. And Ned is one of the best sidekicks ever. <gasps> Even though it's not this movie, we're all going to die. <laughs> I need you to create a distraction. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I really have no problem with Homecoming going above Strange if we want to go that direction. Um, my thing. Wait, about- wait, what? Uh, we're talking about Homecoming and Doctor Strange, right? Yeah, but above it? I thought we said that Doctor Strange was going to be above Homecoming. Well, that's how I would have it. Yeah, I yeah, me too. Oh, you would have it that way too? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I love Strange. I do too. I First of all, Benedict Cumberbatch is so perfect uh, as the sorcerer, and the progress of him becoming this person I think is very well developed, I think very interesting, uh, has one of the best ending um, moments of any of the Marvel movies. One of the b- best, you know, big baddie uh, fights and interesting I resolutions. It, I think it... No, because, yeah, there's there's another movie, but it is definitely in the top of best, you know, thank goodness it's not a try and punch them as hard as I can or spell them as... Well, I guess... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, here, but here's the thing I also really appreciate about Doctor Strange I didn't know how they were going to be able to pull off magic in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I didn't know okay. how that would feel. Like, if they were going to be able to match the the tone of spells and magic and wizardry to the more uh, typical tactile superheroes of the, the MCU. Mm-hmm. And I I think it works great. I think it's perfect. I love the, rep- the visual representation of it. I love how it works. I love that it's basically uh, the MCU now has a portal gun, which I think is really, really cool. So, yeah, I love it. I think that if we hadn't had Thor, that Doctor Strange would have been a little bit more difficult to, you know, try and get into the MCU. Because right. I think that Thor, 
is a pretty decent bridge between, you know, the mystic and the... Uh, well, but mystical is different than magical. I know, but I'm saying that it's right. a pretty good transition. Yeah, no, 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 I hear you. It's something that, that you have to reckon with. You have to reckon with the idea of yeah. gods amongst men, right? Exactly. So you have to reckon now with the idea that magic is real in this universe. And they don't treat the Asgardians in the MCU they technically call them gods, but they treat them more as aliens, really, than anything. Right. Like a Superman sort of thing. Right. But, uh, you know, they come from mythology, so that technically lends itself to more that mystical, not so magical. And I think that that really transcends whenever you get into Doctor Strange. It just makes that flow into the MCU just that much easier. Let me ask you this. Here's a good way to think about it. Which sequel would sequel would you be more excited to see? A Doctor Strange sequel or this next Spider-Man movie? Which are which would you be like, I want to see this one now. I can wait a year for the next one. Man. Interesting, right? To kind of think of that in, in that terms? Yeah. Because it's uh, almost Spider-Man, isn't it? It's because it is Spider-Man. Right. Exactly. That doesn't necessarily make this movie better than Doctor Strange, but it is interesting to kind of think about. Yeah, I think I might Honestly, because we've had so much Spider-Man over the years with the uh, the Tobey Maguire and the Andrew mm-hmm. Garfield, I think that we need another Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. So I would say that I would want a Doctor Strange movie first. Doctor Strange 2, even Stranger. <laughs> stranger than Doctor. No, no. Stranger Danger. Stranger Danger. <laughs> That's what you call it. Uh, all right. So we're going then. Since we agree then, um, this makes me happy. Agreement number 11, we'll have Spider-Man Homecoming, and right. then number 10, Doctor Strange. All right, sounds good. All right, let's head on to number 10. and I Number mean, 9. Number 9, I'm willing to start talking about um, First Avenger. How high do you have it? it I have said, it at 4. but We can keep going, then. We well, it's, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff here, you know? Yeah. So, Where, What do I have that's really low we haven't put on the list yet? Um, First We've Avenger... Had- you have really low. Yeah, that's, that's the lowest, I think. I think everything else that I have low is on there. Okay. Um, do you really... Okay, so number nine, what do I have? I have Winter Soldier at number nine. Uh, I have Winter Soldier around there. Uh, I also have Ragnarok around there, which I think you have higher. Yeah, I have it pretty high. Um. So, Civil War... Is one I the Civil War is my lowest one that we haven't ranked yet. Okay. Um. So that's where I'm at. I would. Is it would kill me? But is there any way we can push Civil War up to like seven ish? Like hold off until then. Well, let's have this discussion. Yeah. Let's talk about the the Captain America movies. Yeah. First Avenger, Winter Soldier, and Civil War. I think they got progressively better. Every single one was better. Every than, single one got better? Yeah. I like the first one the best. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I've talked about my reasons for that, mostly having to do with my connection to the character uh, and the, I, the beautiful um, work done by Chris Evans in that first movie of making me believe that this, you know, scrawny guy, but who was also like. I'll get knocked down as many times as it takes. You know, I'll, I'm I persistent. Day, I can do this all day. Like that thing really spoke to me. Uh, the idea of integrity. And I mean, he's just, I just love that character uh, steadfastness. And, uh, and I love, I love the transformation of then what happens when somebody who has that 
uh, backbone actually steps into a body that is superhuman. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I get why people don't like it. Uh, I I understand it has some villain issues. Uh, oh, I can't stand Red Skull. Right. He's so, yeah. So, so I get that. But I just get all sorts of good feels when I watch First Avenger. So, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, but do you really think Tommy Lee Jones is relevant? Or not relevant, but like... No, actually, I think that's the right word. I don't know that he is relevant, but he's he's definitely really good. I think he's just being Tommy Lee Jones. I think they just put well, him in... Well, that's good enough for me. <laughs> I don't need him to be anything else. Okay, so it's your favorite. It is. I would go First Avenger, uh, Winter Soldier, and then Civil War. Wow, so you're the exact opposite of me. But I, ha- but I have... I- I had Civil War. Yeah, yeah, no, I am exactly opposite of you. But maybe they, maybe they all land kind of here in the middle somewhere, and we just kind of have to figure out where to put them. If you're not willing to talk about Thor yet, and um, I don't know what, I mean, what do you, what's the lowest on your list that we still haven't ranked? Civil War, or First Avenger. First Avenger, I have it, right, I have it right. 17. So maybe it's time. Maybe, maybe we just put the Captain America movies, well, maybe we hold off on Winter Soldier since we both have it. A little bit higher than this. I have it at nine, and we're on nine. Oh, so. there we go. Um, just put them all here. I wonder, and I wonder if we just agree. Maybe. Um, uh, we both have Winter Soldier in the middle, don't we? So, so maybe we start we, with Winter Soldier at the bottom. Okay. And then, uh, and then I'm willing because I know I'm in the minority on this. I know for most people it would be this other way. So I'm willing to go. Um, Winter Soldier, then First Avenger, and then Civil War. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's Captain America just clogging up the middle of the list. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> Are you okay with that? Does, that? does that work okay? Yeah. I mean, that is obviously much lower than I'd like to go with. I think that people are starting to... I, I, think, I think people need to understand how much we love all of these movies. Right. And the fact that just because it's number nine or number 10 doesn't mean that it's bad. It's, there are three movies on this list that are like, (laughs) no, those movies aren't good. Other than that, we love them all. And that's why this, we're dedicating an entire episode to the MCU is because we're so passionate about all of these films and these properties. Tell me your thoughts on Winter Soldier. We haven't really talked a lot about that one specifically. Uh... I love the fact that it's the one time that Bucky didn't annoy me. Okay. Because he's he, annoyed you ever since. He's annoyed me for the fact that how unimpressive and unimportant he is, how the MCU is trying to make me think he is. If okay. that makes sense. Sure. They're really trying to push that Bucky thing home and like, oh, he's he's gonna be the next Captain America. I don't care about him. Yeah. I don't care you about know, Bucky at all. I, I don't know anything about this, but I would think the next Captain America is um, Falcon Brie Larson. I would think the next Captain America would be well, she's Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel wouldn't that kind of be the same kind of character? No, no, okay, no, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. Sorry, my ignorance is showing. I, no, I don't Captain know. Marvel is the Superman of the MCU. See, but see, I feel like Captain America is like Superman. No, like no, it's I that mean, same truth, justice in the American way. I'm talking about red, from white, a blue. power standpoint. She can fly. She can right. Do all but that what stuff. I'm saying, what I'm saying is, I the things that I love about Captain about Steve Rogers. Yeah, I think are are not that he's like Superman powerful. 
It's that he stands for truth, justice in the American way. I think we're having two different arguments. Exactly. I, I think, think so. I think you're going with the persona of a Captain America yes. and yes. that type of character where I thought you were talking like Brie Larson is literally going to be the next Captain America. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not like, at all. What are you talking about, dude? No, 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 no. Okay, so yeah, we were having two different arguments there. No, I, I just, I, yeah, I, I really am going to miss that, that moral center that Captain America offers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking maybe Captain Marvel would be that moral center because I know she was kind of like Superman, who was the moral center of kind of the DC universe. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, anyways, uh, tell me about Winter Soldier. Um, like I said, it's the first time I didn't hate Bucky. And it's, I know some people get mad whenever people say this, but I think it's the closest the MCU has ever come to a spy movie. And I think that they did a pretty decent job of it. Oh, yeah. The, uh, well, that's the my es- thing. The I... espionage of the uh, Hydra, you know. Uh, I don't like how Hydra was really shield. I didn't like that part of it. Yeah. Some people do. Some people love it. Um, the elevator fight, I think we've talked about recently, is <sighs> Man, so, so great. It's so good. If anyone, if anybody wants to get out of Well, that's my time. thing. my thing with Winter Soldier. Um, I love the action in that movie. Yeah, there's something about the way Cap uses his shield in that movie mm-hmm. that I think is the best of any of the movies he's been in, as far as how he fights. Um, and I think the the elevator scene is another example of a great you know fight scene with him. But I just think he's used perfectly in that movie. And honestly, Civil War, which we're going to end up ranking higher. Um, the reason I have Civil War lower, one of one of the reasons is because I don't know that Civil War is a movie that understands itself, whether it's a Captain America movie or an Avengers movie, and I think I can feel that tension in it sometimes, whereas Winter Soldier is really our last true Captain America movie. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, you're totally right. Yeah. I totally agree. Civil War is an Avengers movie. They just put the Captain America title on it. Right. Because for some... A, pretty good majority of the movie is told from his perspective, you know? Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's an Avengers movie. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm good with this, though. Uh, Winter Soldier, then First Avenger, then Civil War. Um, I think we're compromising okay here. Okay. Um, Does that mean... That means I'm ready to talk about uh, Thor Ragnarok, but what would you... Because we're in the top six now? Yeah. Uh, the next one for me that we haven't mentioned would be the first Iron Man movie. Oh, okay. All right. I have that much. I have that at number three, but I'm, I'm willing to talk about any of these. Really? We are at such a, um, a nuance of degree now. I think we've dealt with the hardest part of our list, which was the Captain America movies, because we have such a differing view on those. I think it makes a lot of sense that they're all three right there in the the middle middle for what we're going to have to do here. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, here's here's what's left, right? You've got the the two remaining Avengers movies, Avengers and Avengers Infinity War. Okay. You've got uh the original Iron Man, which even though was Incredible Hulk actually before Iron Man did it come out before Iron Man? Anyways, it's the no, first No, no, it came out afterwards. Incredible Hulk did? Yeah, because remember there was that post-credit scene with Tony right. Stark. Totally. So. Uh, so Iron Man kicks it all off. Uh, Black Panther obviously came out recently, Thor Ragnarok came out Guardians. recently, and then Guardians. So those are the six we have left, right? Yeah. Um, I'll just say right now at number six, this is where I have Black Panther, but I also have Iron Man at number seven. What okay. do you have roughly around this area? Uh, I well, the order I would have it in of what's left, I would have Thor Ragnarok at the at the bottom, and then Guardians, and then Black Panther. We both have Black Panther 
right around this area. It just depends on what we're willing. I think I'd be more willing to put Black Panther down here than I would be willing to put Guardians or Iron Man down here. Me too. Because... It's weird, though, to put Black Panther at number six because neither of us really feel that way. Yeah. But it saves the ones that we do feel strongly about for later, which is kind of what happens in this. Yeah. Um, which we've done before, you know. Look at what happened to all of the Captain America movies. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, like, totally. We, I think we each had one in our top three. I think a, yeah. a Captain America movie. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. we definitely compromised, and uh, yeah. So Black Panther right here. I th- unless you're willing to talk about <sighs> Thor Ragnarok. I have it at four. I have it. I at mean, four. Our, I, I would, f- I would feel better about Thor and then Black Panther. I think Black really? Panther is a better movie than Thor Ragnarok. See, I, I disagree. It's just you love that movie so, so much. much. Yeah, so much. Uh, but, but Black Panther, yeah, is okay, so good. Fine, fine, I'll put. Oh, it kills me. It <laughs> kills me to put Thor Ragnarok here. Do we want to put Guardians lower than both of them? I don't really want to. I, I think Guardians is a. Yeah, the top five Marvel I, movie. I'm okay. Oh, we, we can put Ragnarok here. Okay. Oh, this kills me. It really does. Rag. But you know that we're gonna. It's a top sixer. I was hoping to make it to the top five, but oh, it's just okay. Yeah. Uh, Thor Ragnarok. Okay. So now, now the top five Marvel. Well, uh, before, do you think we? I think we should at least talk about Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It <laughs> is easily, easily the funniest of all the MCU movies. Okay. Oh. <laughs> It's that Taika Waititi. You might be right. You might be right. It's, I think it's on the same level as the original Guardians, but... I think it's way funnier. Way than funnier, okay. Yeah. Well, because it is so ridiculous with how different it the comedy, anyway, is from every other MCU movie. It is so Flight of the Concords, Taika Waititi, New Zealand <laughs> right, yeah, humor, yeah. and it somehow works. It is the first great Thor movie that we never got. Mm. It's the type of humor that the first Thor movie wanted to do. You could feel it. Like, this is the kind of character we wanted. How funny Chris Hemsworth is, is, you know, unleashed in this movie. Yeah. I didn't realize how funny he could be. Like, we kind of got snippets of him in uh, the Ghostbusters movie. He was kind of funny in there playing, you know. Yeah, I thought he was plenty funny in there. Yeah. But this movie is so good. And it's the first time... Hulk has a personality. Mm-hmm. I like Hulk having a personality. Yeah. Now, Hela is not that great of a villain. Agreed. I don't really, you know, really get her. Now, on the other end of that, I think that Jeff Goldblum as the, uh, the uh, what was his name? Oh, not the master, not the collector. Um, uh, oh, come on. The master is Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, what was he called? I can't remember. Just continue. I yeah, can look but it up Jeff if you Goldblum want. was great in that that uh, role. He was so funny, and I think he was a great villain for the simple fact that you know he was always happy, and that makes for a really interesting villain who's not so obviously evil. Right. Um. It was Grand Grandmaster. The Grandmaster. Yeah. 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 New Master was in it. Yeah. Um. Look, I think this is the first time since uh ever. Thor and Loki, you know, really kind of had a quote unquote heart to heart. You know, Loki's an interesting character. I, I'm not sure how I feel overall about how they've handled Loki. He's just so different. I like, I don't know. I, the redemption, quote unquote, redemption of Loki seems a, doesn't seem to work completely for me. 
I don't think, and he, I think it's one of the things about Thor Ragnarok that's that's a little off for me. I don't think he ever redeems himself in Thor Ragnarok. Well, I mean, I don't think for me personally, I don't think Loki redeems himself until Infinity War. I feel like we're supposed to to kind of like. I think him. we're getting no. We're we've been supposed to like Loki since the first Avengers yeah, movie. I don't know. It's hard for me. That's that's a difficult one for me because I think he is. The serpent in the entire MCU. I don't like serpents. <laughs> the serpent from the fact that he can go from being a villain to being a good guy. Yeah, you know? that's always hard for me. I've talked about that before. I've lo- I love those characters because yeah. you never know where they're going to land. And there's always going to be a time where they just go, you know what? From here on out, I'm a good guy. You yeah. know? So you don't like Magneto then? You ha- Do you have issues with Magneto and the x No, Magneto's movies? a villain. Not all the time. Uh, he, ma- I mean, he does. Even when he makes choices that uh, that seem like moral choices, they are they are usually the foundation of them is not usually for mankind. It's usually because it helps his worldview, which is warped, in my opinion. Magneto's worldview is that mutants are what's next, and we can go ahead and get rid of the regular humans. That's his worldview, right? Yeah. So even when he's making choices to team up with Xavier or whatever. It's not because he wants to save humanity or he wants to, it's not the same purpose that Xavier has. It's because he knows he has to do this to get to his eventual purpose, which is to end mankind and just let the mutants be, you know, what's next. So yeah. I feel like he's consistently he, he consistently a villain even when he's making quote unquote right choices. That's different to me. That's nuanced. I kind of like that. But I don't mm. feel like Loki is that way. I feel like Loki's like wishy-washy has motivations that are wishy-washy well he is so he is the trickster god so but what but again that's fine but what does he really want you know what i mean like that's oh i think he's i think he's said plenty of times what he's wanted he's wanted power whether it comes through asgard or conquering earth or you know well then then i don't then i don't like him then he's a complete villain like you understand what i'm saying like if that and I think you may be right, and maybe that's just what I have to do. I have to reconcile in my own opinion that Loki is just a villain. Even though for some reason people are supposed to like him, I'm not gonna like him if that's his motivation is just to have You've power. You've never liked a villain in a movie. Uh no. And I don't mean like, oh, they're a great villain. I mean, you've never literally liked rooted the for villain. a villain. Yeah. Rooted for somebody who who has what I think are immoral purposes. Yeah. No. No. Hmm. I find that it's very difficult for me. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm there's just, some, I'm maybe just, there's something wrong with me. I'm like, no, yeah, no, no, I like no, no. the villain. No, no, no. I think you're normal. I but it's the reason I don't I don't get along with movies like um You don't like mob gangster movies. Yeah, right, exactly. It's it's just it's very difficult for me. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think you're but I, we've had this argument before and I know we're kind of getting <laughs> off track here. I don't think we're supposed to root for the mobsters in the mobster movies. I think that, some of them yeah. I think those movies are caution tales of what happens. Whenever Could be. I think that is part of it. Sure. I think that whenever I see a mobster movie like uh, The Departed or you know Casino or you know any of the Godfather movies, I think that they are all caution tales for how dangerous this world it is. It is part of it, but there is also a part of it where I feel like the filmmaker is wanting the response of "Oh, that was awesome," you know, about things they're doing that are you know reprehensible. I, I- Maybe I just I watch mobster movies differently then. Oh, possibly. Yeah, because I always watch them as caution tales, like people who are so power hungry, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, 
they think that they're above everything, the law and everything. So whenever I watch it, I'm not thinking I want to be this person. I'm what I'm like, how is this all going to fall apart for them? Right. Because so would you say you're not rooting, apart. you're not rooting for anybody or no. you're not okay. Like whenever I watch The Departed, I'm not rooting for Jack Nicholson or whenever I watch the uh the Godfather movies, I'm not rooting for Al Pacino. Right, me either. No, I'm waiting cuz you're watching a story. I'm watching a story and I'm seeing somebody I'm watching Icarus. That's mm-hmm. all all mob movies are to me is the Icarus story. Yeah. How close can they get to the sun before those wings melt and they fall? Mm-hmm. That's all mob movies are to me. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I just it's it's very difficult for me to invest in a story where the character that I'm supposed to be identifying with is doing things that I just can't identify with. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah, so I've just never tried to identify with the mobster <laughs> in the mob movies, but well, I can see how, how that could be difficult. Well, that and, that and that maybe that is about how you watch movies. Like, yeah. when I watch movies, I want to be in the story. Like, I want to find my place in the story. It's why I connect, you know, to uh, to heroes. You know, it's why I love so much of the MCU is because you know I would love to be able to do that, and I, I think I would make those same choices, and I would hope I would hope that I would make those same choices. You know, and that's exciting to yeah. me. So, what we're trying to say is that Black Panther should be number five. <laughs> Well, you know, it's not far off because the villain in Black Panther is the perfect example of a villain who you feel for, even if you don't root for them. You know, a villain. No, he's that, right. The, well, he, I, it depends on how you define right, but yes, he has he has a point. No, no, I think okay. There's a difference between him being right and the path he took to um, get uh, what he. Thought was okay, right. fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm because with you there. Because I think morally what he's wanting to have done is right. The, but he it's, is justifying the, the, the yeah, means by the end. The means by the end is where we're supposed to know mm-hmm. he's the villain. Yeah. Other than that, he is more right than T'Challa is. Yeah. I think Killmonger is the best... Man, he's either the best or the second best villain the MCU has ever had. I I would put it at second best just because of Infinity War, but yeah, that's um, who, that's when Thanos is probably number one. It's it, I keep going back and forth because they are different. Yeah, because whenever I look at Killmonger and what he's wanting to do, I'm like, you are 100 percent right. I can get why you're doing what you're doing. When I look at Thanos, I'm like, I know how you came to the conclusion that you're right. I don't agree with you. But I can see how you think that's right. Right. Like whenever you, uh, there's plenty of examples of like, oh yeah, I could see how that villain uh, went down that path and they became who they are. And that makes for a great villain. But whenever I look at Killmonger, I go, he's right. Yeah. So I, I go back and forth between Killmonger and Thanos. They're both great. Yeah, they are both they're great. Bre- they're, they're both, both great. number one and number two. Yeah, yeah. 1A and 1B. Yeah. But uh, would you have uh, Black Panther at number five? I had Black Panther at number four. I had Guardians uh, below back Black Panther. I have um, it above it, so maybe we can have that discussion right now. I think we're discussing... I, I think it's safe to say with the final four, we're discussing for three and four, we're discussing Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy. And for one and two, we're discussing Avengers and Infinity War. Would you have Iron Man below Black Panther? Uh, no, I have Iron Man at number three. Okay. So, but I know you have Iron Man quite a bit lower, so it may. No, make... I have it right around here. Oh, do you? So we can have it higher. Okay. So do we go Guardians and then Iron Man? Guardians at number four, Iron Man at number three. 
So we're okay. So I'm just making sure. Black Panther number five. Yep. Guardians four. Iron Man three. Is that what we said? If or we could go Guardians, or we could go Iron Man four and Guardians three, depending on what you feel better about. Let's let's put Black Panther here and talk about it a little bit, and then uh, then we can kind of go through the Iron Man Guardians thing afterwards. Sure, absolutely. Uh, well, I've been talking forever. It feels like so. Why don't you no, talk about Black um, Panther? Um, well, I think we've kind of touched on all the stuff we on love the Killmonger about, uh, about Black Panther. Well, I mean, other than the fact that it has an incredible villain, uh, Black Panther is is great for a lot of reasons. The technology uh, in that movie is so much fun uh, and feels right, even though it feels futuristic. It feels right, like the the way she uh, you know drives that uh, remote car feels cool and feels like well, maybe if you had the technology to do that, that could work that way, you know. Um, so I, I love that about it. The, you know, kind of the, the floating technology out of their hands and that kind of stuff. Very, very cool. Great character. Sure. He's so fun and so great. She is. Um, so another, you know, in the, the top sidekicks conversation with Ned. Uh, so I, yeah, I love uh, so much about Black Panther. I, I love what it means. She's the girl in the chair. He's the guy in the chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I love what it means culturally. I love the fact that it is, you know, uh, truly a person of color movie, you know, that it, it not only is representation, but actually feels culturally relevant and important. Um, and I take that from hearing from, you know, people of color and what they've said about it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you know, that is not something I can speak to directly as a white guy, but the two um, Tolkien white guys in this movie, <laughs> <that's right. laughs> Let's see what we the did Tolkien there. white the guys, the Tolkien white guys. Uh, so yeah, so all that stuff is, is really valuable and really important. And, um, man, it's just, it's such a well done film. And obviously we're not saying that this is the first black superhero. No, I was not saying at all. Yeah. But uh, I'm saying like, but I'm saying as far as cultural relevance, it's the biggest movie, uh, that has been that culturally, culturally relevant in that racial of a way. I wasn't. I was just wanting people to make make sure that people knew we weren't saying this is the first. I have to restate that too because I mean that in a in a superhero movie kind of way. Obviously, there are movies that are racially culturally relevant that aren't big action superhero movies. Uh, yeah, you know. But I I just mean to to be able to pull a superhero movie off like that and still be that you know culturally relevant is, is yeah. really really cool. And the soundtrack is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love Black Panther. Yeah, it's a great film. Okay, so now we're going to have a discussion here about the first Iron Man movie and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So, uh, which do you want to talk about first? Uh, I have Guardians lower than Iron Man. Okay. Um, I think, uh, I mean, we're talking about perfection here. Yeah, (laughs) we really are. These top five are, like, so great. Uh, Guardians is just one of those movies that I can just put on and just have a great time uh, yeah. from the very opening scene of, you know, Pratt doing his Pratt thing to the oh, music. Yeah. Oh, I thought and... you were talking about like his mom dying. I'm like, really? <laughs> no, 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 no. I <laughs> so guess the, technically the that second, is the... the second opening scene of him dancing, kicking rats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> is, is so much fun. That character is so interesting in that he is so powerful. And yet at the same time, he is very unsure of himself, and there's something I really relate to Do about that. Do you think that. so? I think he's no, no. too overconfident. Well, that's the point. But underneath, he's always looking for validation. That is what you see in uh, Infinity War when he's talking about you know Thor and trying to imitate his voice. And he's, yeah. he's overconfident, but it's all a, it's a facade. Yeah, because really he's not. 
you know, and yeah. that's I think that's very relatable. And I think it's especially evident in the original Guardians movie uh, with how he's interacting with these characters. Yeah. So he's he he's just a kid at heart. Like like he hasn't grown up since he was taken since he was taken as a kid. Yeah. So there's just a real interesting maturity aspect to his character yeah. uh, that I find fascinating. Um, Best soundtrack in any of the MCUs. The first Guardians. Movie? I mean, I think that's fair. I think uh, James Gunn does such an incredible job at picking soundtracks. Can like, we talk about him for a minute? Sure. Okay. We uh, and also I want to kind of tie him into uh, another part of Guardians and why I think it's so special is we talk about how um, the uh, the Doctor Strange movie kind of brings magic to yeah you right know, yeah, yeah yeah and uh, Thor brings the mystical element to it. I think that the Guardians finally brought the sci-fi interstellar space yes, opera space. Yes, exactly. to uh, the MCU. And I think they did it in a way which was, I don't know how they made it so perfect, but it they did. Yeah, they really no, totally. did. And it's a property nobody knew about. And maybe that's why I kind of would have Guardians above Iron Man. Uh for me personally, because I knew of Iron Man before Iron Man was, you know, the big star. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know anything about Iron Man. I had no idea who the Guardians were. So maybe your Iron Man is my Guardians. Like, who is you're like, who is Iron Man? I was like, who are the Guardians? Well, and also, I think the level of difficulty with Guardians is higher than Iron Man. Uh, to have a talking raccoon, talking space raccoon, and a talking you know tree whose only words are "I am Groot." Yeah, and like this band of characters to make them feel relatable and interesting, and a family you want to hang out with. That's a that's a big undertaking. You know, it seems silly, and part of their success is embracing some of that silliness. And yeah. uh, I just yeah, I think it's wonderfully done. Trash I, panda. I'm fine. Let's talk about Iron Man. I am fine with going Iron Man at number four and Guardians at number three, uh, okay. even though that's technically not my ranking, but I, I would be fine doing that. Um, for me, Iron Man is, because it's the first, it always has a special place. Um, when I revisited it recently, uh, I was again impressed by just the, I think we are almost taking for granted how incredible Robert Downey Jr.'s performance as Iron Man is anymore because he's done it so much. But man, when he did it that first time, it was just like, wow, when's, that's a superhero I've never seen before. When's the last time you saw the first Iron Man movie? About a month ago. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen it. It's I really, so good. I really do need to go back and watch it. Yeah. It's just such a great, complete movie. Favreau is a really good director. I think he did a really good job on it. Um, he understands how to tell a story efficiently. The movie feels very efficient to me. We're always moving on to something, whether it's from the opening scenes of, you know, uh, not the, I don't know, but riding with the the convoy yeah. and joking with the, you know, the military guys, this overconfident, you know, arms dealer to how he's humbled and destroyed in that cave and, you know, has to find a way to escape, how that changes who he is, uh, all that stuff. The story of Tar- Tony Stark is what appeals to me. It's actually not the um, – was it Jeff Bridges that played the – Yeah. Yeah. It's actually not the villain in this movie that I even really think about. I just think about Tor- Tony's journey, and, you know, that's just kind of a, a foil in that way. And that's not taken away from how good Jeff Bridges No, he's was. great. No, he's really great. Yeah. I like it because it's the Phoenix story within the first 20 minutes of that movie. Right. You know, uh, being broken down and then being born again anew, you know, mm-hmm. and 
literally rising from the ashes. <laughs> um, and it's it's just so fun. It's somebody having to deal with the consequences of their worldview that they didn't realize. Like, it's c- confronting the consequences of your own beliefs. Yeah. And I think we've all dealt with that before, where you have something you believe, and then you're confronted with how that belief impacts somebody else, and you have to wrestle with that, and you have to, you know, maybe change. And, man, what a valuable thing for us to be thinking about uh, in such a divisive culture right now, the ability to really have somebody else's perspective and to really confront our own beliefs, um, you know, to, to do away with a little bit of the stubbornness of humanity to be able to come together. I just think that's it's just a beautiful theme and a beautiful message. What was I going to say? I you were going to say, you were going to say, Aaron, that was beautiful and and amazing and you've you touched should, you've you touched should, my heart <laughs> you should know by now whenever you talk i always am just get angry because i'm like why can't i talk like aaron i like words i like words you do like words i do i really do like words <laughs> um did you see the pun i would have used for the johnny knoxville movie did you see that tweet? Act, the action point yeah yeah, yeah. no what, what would you say i say i'm almost disappointed that i'm not reviewing action point because i would have loved to use the pun uh punch junk love <laughs> <laughs> you do love puns that's your that's your thing. All right, so we're going with uh, we're going with Iron Man Iron at Man at four and Guardians at three. Okay. All right. Honestly, I'm okay switching either of those. Me it's too. Just, they're they're top four. Yeah, so. it's it, I mean it's it's all just a matter of degree right now. So yeah. Um, but I think that's probably right because I know you. Where did you have Iron Man? Uh, seven. Yeah. So I think that that makes a lot of sense because I had I had Guardians at five. So you put it. So that's that's much uh, less I, of a move. I remember what I was going to say. Now I um, I've never really given movies credit for being the first, and maybe I should start doing that because whenever I look at the first Iron Man movie and people are like, oh, it was the first, it kicked everything off. Um, I don't think it's difficult being the first. I think it's difficult just making a good movie. <laughs> well, that's true. That so, is the first step. Yeah. So whenever, obviously, nothing, none of this would have kicked off. It had not been for Iron Man, but I don't think you can give it credit for anything other than being a good movie. Well, exactly. It's the first, and it did it well. Yeah, which isn't always the case. Yeah. So yeah, because I don't know if they'd planned on making an MCU. I then maybe they had. So let me let me let me let me say it this way: It's not that I'm giving it credit for being the first. What I'm doing is admitting my bias may have a lot to do with it being the first. I understand. You see the difference? Yeah. So same with a new hope. I have a new hope ranked, you know, higher than Empire, right? Yeah. And it and what I'm admitting is that's probably because it was the first. Yeah. It probably has a lot to do with nostalgia and like I've never seen anything like this before and yeah. that kind of thing. So I'm admitting my biases when I say that. I'm not saying yeah. a new hope should is is a better movie because it was first. I'm saying I feel like it's better because it was first. Yeah. It's a little bit of a difference. Yeah. But yeah. Now I'm gonna contradict myself <laughs> Go for it. right now and talk about uh, what I have at number two is the Avengers. Yeah. Because it was the first. <laughs> it, it it was the first in a sense. Not that it was the first and that was a good movie. It was it's a first that had never been done before. Yeah, the first crossover of such mass proportions yeah. between the film cinematic properties. universe. Yeah. Which had it ever been done? I don't I can't think if there'd ever been a cinematic universe. Te- technically, yes, but not in this way. You know, you can think of Stephen King stuff, you can think of um But there yeah, okay. Well, but and we've we've talked about this before, but um 
uh, why is the director's name slipping my mind? But who did uh, all the stuff in the, um, you know, like Pretty in Pink and oh yeah, uh, the, that was all the same high school. Yeah, intentionally. Um, so oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So that was technically a shared universe, but it, not in this way. It's yeah. not like they made the movie where all those characters. <laughs> From you know Ferris Bueller to Pretty in Pink 16 to candle. Sixteen Candles all came together in the same movie. Yeah, they're they're blasting uh, uh, Peter Frampton in the uh, in the library. Yeah, exactly. During yeah. a birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, that never happened. John so, Hughes. There yes. we go. Yeah, the John Hughes yeah. films. So, uh, so, so talking yes, about it's, Avengers, it's the first that ever really pulled this off this yeah. way, and just the scale of it. Yeah, is so impressive. Yeah. And people forget, honestly, people forget when they were talking about doing this, people were saying it was impossible. That yeah. you couldn't because you couldn't afford the actors, you couldn't afford, you know, to to bring all the properties together. There's no way you can have Iron Man and, and Captain America and Thor in the same movie, you know. And then as they just kept making more movies, it kept becoming a little more realistic and you kept getting more excited about it and more like Wait, are they going to actually pull this off? Yeah. Like, I remember living through that and going, "Wait, is this is this actually going to work?" And then sitting in that theater and going, oh, "They did it!" Yeah, they did it. They did it. It's also a good thing of not getting a listers to play heroes. You know, whenever because Chris smart Hed- casting though, because they're now a listers. Oh, you know they're what beyond, I mean? They're beyond. They're the echelon of a list actors. I cannot now. wait to see what Chris Evans does. I mean, he's so good. But like. Thinking about Chris Evans before he was Captain America. He was he, Scott the Human Pilgrim. Torch. Yeah, he was Human Torch, which, you know, thank goodness we're not putting any of the Fox or Sony movies on this list. <laughs> oh, that would be a nightmare. Um, well, technically, Homecoming is kind of Sony, but... Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, for those of you who, uh, you know, obviously can't see us right now, I was doing the... Nah, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. But... Um, what was I talking about? I got thrown off by Sony and Fox. Uh, you were talking. Oh, they're not A-listers. Yeah, what, yeah. what did Chris Hemsworth do before he was Thor? What did Chris Evans do before he was, uh, you know, what did Chris mm-hmm. Pratt, you know? Oh, Chris Pratt kind of, you know, because he had yeah. Parks and Rec. Yeah, Parks and Rec. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I think before them, uh, you obviously had Robert Downey Jr. was a down on his, you know, own accord actor because, you know, he Making poor choices. Pa- made poor choices, but now he's the highest paid actor in Hollywood. Is he? I didn't know that. I think he is. I think he and The Rock go back and forth, but I think after Infinity War, he went back up to number one. The Rock's the highest paid or the second highest paid actor in Hollywood? I think so. And he's making like three movies a year? I think so, yeah. <laughs> that dude must be loaded. Yeah. And he has ballers, too. The TV show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He probably has people that follow him around. I bet he has a few dollars in his bank account. I'm just guessing. Yeah. And all that WWE money. Bike. <laughs> I'm in the wrong business. I, yeah, just thinking what he has to do, though, to be where he is. In that physical shape? Not only that, not only that, that itself is an undertaking I could never do. Yeah. But for how busy he is, on top of staying in that shape... Yeah. Is right up there with impossible. And yet he's never been in an MCU movie. Nope. That'll change. <laughs> you think so? You think he'll be in one? I think he could 
I think he would be in an MCU movie before he was in the DCEU. Well, it's interesting now because the casting, which is what we're talking about right now, has become a an interesting thing where now they kind of can get A-listers. They got and, Benedict Cumberbatch. Right? And, yeah. But even with Benedict or Brie Larson, who are both big names, they're not like Tom Cruise. They're not Cruise or Schwarzenegger. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's they're still playing this interesting game of just hiring talented people. They're, they're getting good people. Yes, exactly. That's what it is. It's very And smart. we're not saying that, you know, Tom Cruise and them, they're not good people. Obviously, they are good people. It's just... How expensive would that caliber of a person be for yeah. MCU? No, totally. Do you think that they would, you know, still get, you know, Tom Cruise money, or do you think that they would get? I don't know. I wonder how much of that, you know, the Dark Universe is struggling with because you know it's Tom Cruise at the center of it and having to pay him. And I thought they canceled the Dark Universe. They did, but it's back. Wait, what? Br- yeah, they're bringing it back. What? Or they may. It's not. It's not dead yet. It's coming back. It's a zombie. It's a mummy. Oh man. Um so yeah, so do we both agree that the Avengers is number two? I do. Okay. I do. I think Infinity War is the best Marvel movie. And I think I, I think it primarily comes down to exactly what we said about Avengers times four. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's that level of difficulty with another twenty people in and the fact that they made it a story not about those twenty people, but about the villain is just kind of mind blowing and the I I just I it's I said this the second time I watched it I it may be a masterpiece it really may be one of the greatest movies ever made it's it's so good I'm still trying to figure out where it's going to land in my top 100 but it, the fact I know it's going to be in there yeah. and I'm just waiting because I don't want to be the person who puts it high cuz every single time I go on my top 100 to you know kind of think about where would it land it keeps getting up into those numbers, and I'm like, man, maybe I should wait. Or maybe it is that good of a movie. It really is. What put me over the top, because you remember when we talked about it first, I wasn't as high on it as you were. You saw were. it again, you said. I saw it again, and what really put me over the top is once I had the expectations layer off, and I wasn't as uh, like uh, blown away by the... I was still blown away, but you know what I mean? Like it wasn't like a first time experience, so I wasn't distracted yeah. by the incredible moments, the action, all that stuff. There is him throwing a moon at him. <laughs> <laughs> there is an absolutely beautiful and incredible thematic uh foundation to this movie about the value of life, uh, that I did not see as clearly until I saw it the second time. Uh I am stunned by how beautifully they were able to weave that theme through every character's arc through I shouldn't say every because that's a little bit of an exaggeration but through all I, of I our main characters saying. arc they all had a moment where they had to understand the value of life which is more valuable this person's life or this other thing which is more valuable this person's life or this other thing and person by person had to deal with that choice and it is one of the most scary and deep choices I can imagine a human being uh, making is to have to make a choice about the value of a life. Yeah. And I've never been in that situation. I hope I never will be. Um, I don't know how I would react, you know. But to see that woven so expertly through this movie is what put me over the top. Dear Jeremy, this is a full movie. It's not half a movie. <laughs> You're speaking directly to Jeremy Scott from the Syncast? Yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know that he listens to Sip Pop, but I but but I know Chris does. So maybe he'll pass on the dear the Chris. <laughs> let Jeremy know. Oh, Jeremy knows. We've had so many Twitter conversations. Have you really? Like uh, DM conversations. Oh yeah, yeah. I've t- I've told him my thoughts on that. Arguing about yeah. Because I I remember whenever they did. Because uh, I listened to uh, both their. Um, what do you call it? The the well, you know what's pods? funny? They're going to be ranking the Marvel movies too here, like this next week. Really? Yeah. <laughs> now, when you say they're going to, like, is it one? Because I know they like they record and then a week later it comes yeah, yeah. out. Have they already recorded? Oh, I have no idea. Know? I don't know their recording schedule necessarily. But. Okay, you only work for them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um. But no, I because they were having their conversation and they say that it, you know I remember Jeremy saying that it's half a movie and I completely disagree with that oh, so i disagree so much with that yeah it just depends on what uh, are there things left unresolved of course there's every movie has things left unresolved that's like, exactly but it. that isn't but the central story isn't the central story is completely 100 percent resolved yeah uh and the only th- reason you would say it isn't is because of exterior things that you yeah. may know you know and that's just you now you can talk about i don't mind if you say um that the impact of it didn't work on you because you know these things. That's exactly. fine, but don't say it's half a story. It's not. For me, Infinity War is the story of the gauntlet, pretty much. It's mm-hmm. the story of Thanos and the gauntlet. It is. So whenever that story is concluded, that's the end of that movie. Exactly. There are repercussions that will obviously go on through other movies. And there are parts of the next Avengers movie that will certainly speak to what's happened in this movie, but that's always been the case. But Exactly. But yeah, no, I, I'm totally with you on that. Uh I I believe it is is brilliant. You know, yeah. I believe it it well deserves to be the the best Marvel yeah. movie. And so. the fact that it's the newest Marvel movie and it's ranked number one, and I'm I keep looking at it and I'm like, is this recency bias? Right. And it, there might be a little bit of that. It's hard to really flush all of that out but i can't see myself in the future as many i think i've seen it four times now in theaters i can't see having it any lower than number one and that blows my mind yeah it's crazy and there are flaws in the movie i don't want people to think that i think it's perfect by any stretch of the imagination sure there are problems in this movie but the pros incredibly outweigh the cons yeah it's, well, they're not problems for me, at least, that are going to distract me from enjoying it, distract me from understanding it, distract me from, you know, um, from it's not it's not negatives that are going to add up to a lot. Yeah. In my opinion. And, and so. a thing that always bothers me with movies like this is people complaining about character decisions mm-hmm. as if we expect characters in movies to always make the right decision. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're thinking, well, why didn't the character just do that? Well, yeah, the why maybe, didn't these? Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you can't expect every single character to think exactly how you thought four hours after seeing the movie, you know? I agree. And the question you have to ask yourself is do the characters' decisions, are they just different than yours would be? Or are they different in a way that uh, makes the character less? So there are decisions a character could make that uh, go against what the character has been shown to be. Exactly. And that's different. There are choices a character could make that... Which there are in this movie. There are. Uh, and, there, and there are these in this movie, too, where there are choices characters make that seem too stupid for a character that's been shown to be so smart otherwise, right? Yeah. 
Um, so there, there is a balance of understanding those things, but for the most part in a movie like this, I'm willing to say, well, that's the choice they made. Exactly. And I never felt like in this movie, there was a, a character decision that was enough different or out of there that it distracted me or kept me out of the film. I totally agree. So totally there you agree. go. Number one, Avengers Infinity War. Wow. You want to go down the Sif sort? Yeah. Uh, I'll start at number 19 going up. The official Sif pop ranking of the MCU movies. Go. Number 19, Thor The Dark World. Number 18, Iron Man 3. Number 17, The Incredible Hulk. Number 16, Iron Man 2. Number 15, Thor. Number 14, Ant-Man. Number 13, Avengers Age of Ultron. Number 12, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That one hurts a little bit, but keep going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> number 11 don't forget like after you get past like 16 we love all these oh, that's movies that's true yes so, please yeah. remember that yeah uh, so uh, number 12 Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 number 11 Spider-Man Homecoming number 10 Doctor Strange number 9 Captain America Winter Soldier number 8 Captain America The First <laughs> Avenger number 7 Captain America Civil War number 6 Thor Ragnarok number 5 Black Panther, number four, Iron Man, number three, Guardians of the Galaxy, number two, The Avengers, and number one, Avengers Infinity War. Bravo, my friend. Bravo. I can't believe we did it. Hey, there's a clap. Oh. That was not as brutal as I thought it was going to be. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, when you got to come together, you got to come together. Right yeah? now. <laughs> exactly. <over me. laughs> exactly. Well, you want to finish up with some buried treasure before we head on out? Why don't you kick us off, my friend? Uh, I'm going to go with the series finale of The Americans for my buried treasure. Uh, this is a show that's been on for six season, uh, seasons following a Russian couple who has been uh, put as spies in America. Uh, brilliant performances all six seasons from uh, Matthew Reese Davies and. Um, uh, Carrie Russell doing incredible work and a really fascinating spy show. And I didn't, I wasn't in love with season five. I feel it's kind of that thing where when you know a series is ending and they're kind of stalling during that second to the last season so they can do uh, all the good stuff in the last season. Yeah. So I did feel a little bit of that, but this final season has been really good for me. Uh, I loved the series finale. Um, thought it was, was very well done. There's a, a moment in a parking garage that was everything I hoped it would be. Uh, and that's all I can say without spoiling. Is it uh, a period so. piece? Show? Yes, 80s. 80s? 80s during the Cold War. So Should, so you'd recommend I pick the show up. It's It's been in my queue forever. And I've just never watched a single episode. Is it easy to get into? That's hard to say. It's definitely a drama. you know. So you, you kind of know what you're going in for. But I, I certainly found it easy to get into. Um I think it's a very bingeable show. I actually think really? I would have okay. rather have binged it than watched it week to week. Um, in fact, this last season, I I just we just binged the like the last five episodes uh, last night. So and you thought so, yeah. to yourself, man, I wish I'd done this through the whole thing. Yeah, it fe- it it does. It definitely feels better binged to me. There are some shows I like that are weekly, like uh, like Westworld yeah. is a great weekly show because there's lots to think about, lots to talk about, that kind of stuff. But yeah. this this is a good binge show, so I think I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. 
My Buried Treasure is a also a show. You know me. I'm a fight guy. I mm-hmm. love fight, uh, like the UFC. Every time he comes here, he punches me in the face. I it's, do. It's just kind of who he is. It's how I say hello. <laughs> so the show I'm going to be recommending is The Ultimate Fighter. Okay. For those of you out there who don't know, the UFC, what they do is every single year they have a show called The Ultimate Fighter where they gather a whole bunch of MMA specialists who are not in the UFC and they have them compete against each other in the Ultimate Fighter in this round-robin format to see who gets a UFC contract. Okay. And it's really interesting because they put all these guys in one house, so it's kind of like Big Brother meets uh, martial arts, you know? Yeah. And I like it for the simple fact that this season, every single person who's coming into this house is undefeated. Nobody has ever lost a fight. Okay. So... You have, you know, it's really high stakes emotionally for all these guys. Like, I've never lost a fight. But obviously, somebody has to lose a fight when they get in that ring and they're standing off against another Mm -hmm. guy who's never fought. Now, they've never been in the UFC before. They got to really prove themselves because the UFC is like, it's like the major leagues for, you know, fighters, you know. So, I'm really enjoying it. That's cool. Yeah. I I like reality shows like that that are interesting in that way. So, yeah, no, that's good stuff. Nope, I recommend. I mean, I'm not a fight person like you are. Yeah, I'm. I'm a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> uh, so, but uh, but yeah, that definitely sounds interesting. Well, there you go. We did it, man. Woo! We did a podcast. That was a good podcast. We did a. We did such a long sift sort. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, we if uh, the pre-show we did do some reviews. I don't know if we mentioned. Oh that no, or we not. didn't. Yeah, if you want to hear our thoughts on upgrade and uh, adrift, yes, um, then you can check out the pre-show if you're a Patreon supporter. I think that starts at three bucks a month. So um, some great incentive to check that out because yeah, sometimes when we have longer episodes, we kind of stuff stuff in the pre-show uh, for our supporters to check out. So you can do that. Patreon.com/slash Studio DNA is where you would do that. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Uh, Andrew, thanks for being here as always. Anywhere you want to point people to, where can people find you? Uh, you can head over to Twitter. Find me at, at @flickfreaks. Also, pretty much every single form of social media, you can find me at, at @flickfreaks. Uh, YouTube channel, I'm not posting there as much anymore, but other people are. Um, yeah, I felt like I've talked way too much in this episode, so I'm just going <laughs> to hand it right back over to you. Uh, if you want to find me on the internet, Aaron Dicer on Twitter or your movie friend at YouTube would love uh, for a subscription if you want to head over to YouTube and do that. Uh, and as mentioned, you can support at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Studio DNA supports the entire podcast network. And for $3 a month comes with some really fun perks, including access to those shows that we were talking about, the pre-shows. Uh, if you have a comment you want to make about the show or a suggestion, any kind of feedback, feel free to hit us up at feedback at sifpop.com, or you can leave comments at the speaker page for the episodes. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it, and that listening is much easier than Aaron and Andrew agreeing on a Captain America movie. <laughs> no uh, spoiler chat for this week, uh, but we should be back next week with, I don't know, one of them. It's a packed week next week. Yeah, so. uh, Ocean's 8, Hotel Artemis, Hereditary, um, I think that's it. Yeah, you mentioned the Mr. Rogers uh, yes, uh, uh, documentary Won't you be well. my neighbor? Yeah, I think, I'm sure, I'm pretty sure we'll do Ocean's 8 and maybe hereditary as well so but we'll see you back next week and find out then bye
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.